We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome to the Bears to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. Uh, lots going on around the world. I'm sure most of you guys are staying inside, hopefully staying inside due to the COVID-19 virus. But free agency has officially begun. The new league year has officially begun. And we are back with a brand new episode here of the Bear Report podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been a weird... Uh, Seven days since we last did a podcast, a lot has gone on in the NFL world and the real world. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, on the virus front, obviously, everything's definitely um, progressing. And, you know, in, in the NFL world, uh, it's things are finally kicking off. I mean, it's it shouldn't be a surprise, and I know it shouldn't be a surprise, but it kind of is when you're sitting there and you're watching, you know, you're watching all these deals happen, you're watching all this money fly around, and then you remember it's like, you know, a lot of teams have a lot of money, for one. The Bears are not one of those teams. And then, two, it's like, I mean, the Caps expected to go from basically, what, 198.3 all the way up to about 250 um, by 2022. So it's like there's going to be a lot of money over these next few years, not really this year, but starting, you know, next year where the cap's going to rise substantially. So you're seeing a lot of big money deals and you're seeing a lot of backloaded deals. And, you know, it's – uh it's definitely different, but, you know, it's also a situation where the Bears are still kind of on the wrong side of this. I mean, they can definitely fit deals in certain ways, and you're going to see heavily backloaded deals. Um, but, I mean, they still don't have a ton of resources. And I, I, I don't know about you, but, I mean, at least what I'm – and I'm trying to be as nice as I can about this, but at least out of the two of the three resources that they've, uh, you know, spent so far, I don't really understand it. Yeah, it, it's been odd. Um, and, of course, you know, the other odd thing, before we kind of get into those players, the other odd thing is, like, they can't officially announce these moves, like, per NFL rules until all the physicals and all the paperwork's been signed. But there's a travel restriction in the NFL right now, so players can't go to team headquarters. Um, I I imagine at House Hall, it's probably just Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, and maybe one, two, three scouts there, if that. Um, they pretty much closed it all down. So, yeah, it's like a lot of these are still reports according to the official um, team accounts because of the NFL's dumb rules where they cannot announce um, official signings yet until the paperwork's signed. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, the Bears Monday were relatively quiet. So when the legal tampering period kicked off at noon Eastern time, 
Um, there was, you know, that usual flurry of moves that kind of happened within the first two, three hours, and it lasted into the night. And, I mean, the Bears were relatively quiet for, you know, most of the time. Then you hear the news of the, the Jimmy Graham signing, and you're like, whoa, what the hell? That kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think any reporter, insider, anyone had Jimmy Graham on the Bears' board of targets or had any hints of Jimmy Graham going to Chicago. And to be honest, you know, like myself, I was – when he played with the Packers, you could just kind of tell he was on the downside of his career. And, I mean, we kind of mocked Green Bay for having Jimmy Graham as one of their leading tight ends. And now he finds himself in Chicago. And then I guess you could say the one good move the Bears made on Tuesday, you know, agreeing to the deal with Robert Quinn – was sandwiched in between two moves that I think, number one, the Jimmy Graham move was bad, and number two, the the Nick Foles trade, to me, was like, uh, hey, Ryan Pace, what the heck are you doing? Well, and that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, when you look at it, it's like the, Jimmy Graham being the first signing was just like, what in the hell? And, and here's the thing, okay, if it was Jimmy Graham for like one year and, you know, three and a half, four million dollars with the, the, you know, the ability to make, you know, five or six. Okay, that's fine. But the fact that they gave him a two year, $16 million deal with $9 million guaranteed, Jimmy Graham hasn't been good in three or four years. I mean, this is, this is a guy that we're talking about that literally could I, last year with the Packers, keep in mind with Aaron Rodgers, which I don't care how you feel about the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And they had a lack of receiving options basically the entire year. And Jimmy Graham was still borderline useless. And it's like you can sit there and recite the numbers about how Jimmy Graham still had better numbers and Bears tight ends as a whole last year. Okay, but that doesn't mean just because that was bad that you throw something else out like Jimmy Graham. I mean, that just that move made no sense. I've seen nobody, literally nobody, be like, oh, wow, this is a good move. Oh, outside of, outside of I guess, Dwayne Wade. But I mean, in, in terms of football, he was like, literally the yeah, he was literally the only guy that tweeted, oh, like what do you tweet like great move or yes, yes yeah. sir or something like that. Yeah, it's like come on, dude. But you know, whatever. And then, so the the Robert Quinn move was interesting for sure. I I I personally think it was a good move. Uh, I think that. It, so it's one of those things, and this is kind of the other trend that I that I want to kind of touch on to and get your thoughts on it. Um, so I, I think the Robert Quinn was a good move. It was a little bit more money than I was expecting. But again, uh, we're, we're talking about teams that know that they're going to be having a lot more money to work with over the next few years. So, okay, whatever. Obviously, in turn, they signed him to a five-year, $70 million deal. They basically guaranteed him uh, with the way that the contract is structured. They're basically going to end up guaranteeing him about three of those five years. Okay, whatever. He's, he's about to be 30 years old. Not a big deal. You know, you get him through basically 31 or 30, 31, or 32. And then you play it, you know, kind of a wait and see at that point. I mean, he's basically about the same age as Mac. I think he's a year older than Mac. That's fine. Uh, he's a much better pass rusher than Leonard Floyd. I think ultimately when you look at the front of what the Bears have, I think that makes a ton of sense in terms of what they're doing. Um, but again, you look at that and you look at Nick Foles, right? And we can talk about Nick Foles in a minute. The one thing, though, that really kind of I've been noticing as a trend, and granted it's only been three players, well, I guess four technically if you count, signing Danny Trevathan and re-signing Danny Trevathan over Nick Wachowski, uh, all of a sudden, it seems like uh, Ryan Pace has kind of thrown out the, the window uh, in terms of looking at age. I mean, the Bears have got substantially older. I mean, Jimmy Graham's the oldest guy on the team, and, and, and Foles is, what, 31, 32, if I remember right? I, I mean, I could be I could be a little off on that. But, I mean, either way, you're talking about guys that, you know, for a team, okay, he's 31 years old. So, I mean, when, when, when you talk about a team that was young and ascending and, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they have one year of eight and eight because of bad quarterback play, I mean, amongst other things. But it's like you're looking at it now, it's like, why are you adding a bunch of guys in their 30s? You know, that's kind of my other question here is, you know, obviously Quinn is 29 going on 30, and Leonard Floyd's only two years younger. I can understand that. But two out of your three moves so far have been guys that are over the age of 30. I mean, that that kind of seems to fly in the face of everything that Ryan Pace has talked about. I, I just – I don't understand the overall approach so far. Granted, again, it's three guys, but – then again, you look at it, and I mean, let's just talk about the draft real quick. They got they got two second round picks, and they don't pick again until the fifth round. I mean, they traded their only other pick within the first four rounds of the draft, and that was their you know their comp- compensatory uh, fourth round pick, and they traded that for Nick Foles. It's like I don't understand what Ryan Pace is doing right now, 
And at least to me, and I'm not saying that he's as bad as that yet, but at least to me, it, it it's starting to feel like shades of Phil Emery right now. Yeah, I mean, typically you try to extend the window by getting younger and building to the draft and kind of, you know, getting those younger type of free agents. We saw Ryan Pace the last two years. I mean, 2018, what they do in the in free agency? They went after Allen Robinson. They went after Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton. Um, they put a lot of help around Mitchell Trubisky and the offense. They got a little younger. Um, and then last season, you know, they didn't make a lot of big moves. They added depth. They they signed Taha Clinton Dix, um, a couple other additional moves. And it was like, okay, they're kind of extending the window, what you kind of want to do. But, you know, you look at last season and with the struggles they had at quarterback and, you know, the defense that I still think is a Super Bowl defense, a, a, a defense that can get you the Super Bowl and win you a Super Bowl with a good enough offense. Now these moves kind of tell me that Ryan Pace is, instead of extending his window, he realizes, hey, my window might be one, maybe two more seasons if he gets lucky. We kind of got to almost go all in on this and, you know, find guys, doesn't matter the age, just try to find guys that can fix the problems that we had. And, you know, you look at the first couple moves, um, the Jimmy Graham move. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I'm not a fan of it. He's trying to address the tight end position, but he did it with an aging veteran. Then you look at, um, at Robert Quinn. And he's got to fix the pass rush production because, you know, Khalil Mack last season was pretty much getting double teamed and missed Akeem Hicks. Leonard Floyd had three and a half sacks. That's not going to cut it. So he brings in a guy that's coming off, you know, 11 and a half sack year um, in Robert Quinn. And then the other move on thir- on thir- Wednesday, I'm sorry, I get my days mixed up. On Wednesday is you, you go out and trade for Nick Foles, but that's just to bring in competition. So it's like, you know, hope. I, I think Ryan Pace is kind of making these moves where, hey, maybe I can catch lightning in a bottle and get back to the playoffs this year. Because for, for me, and I know a lot of people might disagree, I, I don't know how you feel about this. When you get into the playoffs, I think anything can happen. I think that you, you typically have that, that one, one to two teams per conference that are going to be the favorites. But you get in the playoffs, I mean, anything truly can happen. So I think Ryan Pace has kind of taken that, that route of, hey, let's just kind of try patching things up. And instead of you know, extending this window, let's just kind of go with it right now. Maybe I got this year, and if I'm lucky enough, we'll get to the playoffs, and it buys me one more year because, I mean, go back to that point that you had. We have two second-round picks. You don't pick until round five. Typically, you get better and you get younger through the draft, and that's going to be very difficult for the Bears to do um, come April. Well, and that's the thing, right? So you're supposed to sign younger free agents because basically free agency is a player that has either been with the team for, you know, their original team for for four or five years. And you're not doing that. And then on top of it, how are you supposed to get younger? Like you just pointed out through the draft, if you're limited in draft picks and quality draft picks at that, I mean, and and this is kind of another issue and and it's not to sound doom and gloom because I'll I'll be honest, I'm looking at this team right now and I'm saying, okay, I, I, I think it's realistic, especially considering there's going to be seven playoff teams in, in each conference now. I mean, I think it's realistic as of right now that the bears could probably go nine and seven, 10 and six, uh, you know, I and 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 make the playoffs as you know a, a six or seven seed. I don't I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I, you know, don't don't take me as this. You know, don't take me and think that I'm saying like this team's gotten way worse and you know they're they're going to be a five one team. I'm just looking at it. And I'm saying okay, you know, you you're not making moves in free agency for the most part here that is making your team younger. Um, you know, and frankly, I mean, I don't know how much of an upgrade Jimmy Graham is when you look at the value. Frankly, I don't know how much of an upgrade Nick Foles is. I think he's better than Trubisky, but at the same time, when you look at it, it's like there's been so much inconsistencies from Foles when you look at every stop that he's ever made to where. It's one of those that's not a guarantee by any means, right? So it's just, I don't know. But like you just hit on, though, you're supposed to get younger through the draft. And how are you supposed to get younger through the draft if you're consistently trading away picks? And at first, I didn't really see it as an issue because I figured, okay, you know, he'll figure it out at some point. You know, he's making moves he's got to make, blah, blah. You know, I'm not saying I regret the Cleo Mack deal. I'm not saying, you know, some of these trades that he's made, I regret. But when you look at it, and you objectively look at the situation, especially with his first-round picks right now, his track record is not good at all. I mean, let's just be honest here. I mean, his first his first uh, first round pick was Kevin White. I mean, let's just look at and see where Kevin White is. I mean, Kevin White is obviously nowhere. You got Leonard Floyd, um, obviously Trubisky. 
I know I'm missing one right now. I, I, I know there was another another first round pick that he's had that that isn't going to be there. And that's kind of the thing. Like when you really look at this, I mean, Roquan Smith, at least at least to my knowledge, and granted, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Roquan Smith is the only one that he has a chance of sticking around of all of his first round picks unless Trubisky turns around. And let's be honest, I mean, Roquan Smith really hasn't been that great of a player so far. You cannot consistently, and that's the thing is, I mean, we can give we can give Phil Emery as much crap as, as as we want here in terms of you know how bad he was, especially through the draft and what he did and stuff like that. But I mean, Kyle Fuller was there and Kyle Long was there, and at least they gave the Bears some some pretty good leverage in terms of uh, in terms of first round picks. I mean, it, I mean he he definitely missed a lot, but that's the problem when you look at Ryan Pace. I'm not saying that he's been a terrible drafter by any means, but when I when you objectively look at it and you say okay. You got guys like Eddie Jackson, you know, Kwiatkowski, uh, you know, it's kind of the flash in the bottle, um, you know, and then you had Adrian Amos, you've got Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, uh, you know, you, there's he's made good picks. That's not what I'm saying. But when you look at his overall track record for drafting, I mean, there's too many guys that have failed. You know, those guys like Adam Shaheen, Jonathan Bowler, stuff like that, where it's like, what the heck, man? And And that's kind of the thing. Like, you can't. You can't, and that's. I guess that's kind of the underlying issue here. You shouldn't have had to sign Robert Quinn. You shouldn't have. You you shouldn't have had to go out and sign a guy like Robert Quinn, and then basically pull the fifth round option from a guy like Leonard Floyd. And okay, you know, two years difference and blah blah. I think that obviously, you know, uh, Quinn's the better player, but there's troubling trends starting to go on here. And I think that when you look at, especially those two positions in particular that I look at with Ryan Pace right now, I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? Tight end, I mean, you can go back through all the different swings that he's taken at tight end. It started with Deion Sims, Adam Shaheen, Trey Burton had, I'd say, a good first half of the season with the Bears. And then obviously, uh, since then, it's just not been good at all. Um, You look at that, I mean... There's been so many different moves. Kari Lee, he traded for, which was one of those that still makes no sense to me. And then now you sign Jimmy Graham. It's just, then you look at the quarterback position. You got Mike Glennon, Trubisky, and now Nick Foles. It's just like, what in the hell, man? Like, it it seems to me, and this is just, and maybe I'm living a little bit too much in the moment here, but it seems to me that that Ryan Pace doesn't really seem to learn from his mistakes. Now, the one positive thing I will say about him is at least he's cutting bait with his first-round picks. And he's not trying to hold on too long. A lot of GMs have the tendency to do that. But there's some there's some seriously troubling trends going on here. And now he's starting to kick money in the future years where I get it. The cap's going to be going up, and, you know, and he's going to have to make some more moves. I mean, this isn't over. I mean, he's going to he's going to have to make more moves and kind of kick the can down the road. But it's like there's just a lot of troubling trends that going into year five of, of Ryan Pace. There's a lot of different things where you're looking at it and you say, OK, like this, this doesn't particularly give me a lot of faith that, that Ryan Pace is going to be the GM that can really turn things around permanently, not just one year, but turn things around permanently and make the right decisions and, and get this team continuing every single year. I just, I don't know if I see that right now. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they always say the toughest thing for a general manager to admit is giving up on a first round pick. And if there is some bright news on what has happened over free agency, I mean, they have moved on from Leonard Floyd. They have shown that, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's on his last chance. This is pretty much his last chance here. I don't think they're going to pick up his fifth-year option with the deadline coming up on May 5th. So, I mean, we could see two more first-round picks of the Bears no longer on the roster after this season. Um, and that would pretty much leave Roquan Smith as the only one on the roster Um going into 2021, barring anything crazy. But, yeah, it, it's – I don't really know what Ryan Pace is doing um, in this free agency period. And I, I liked the hiring of Ryan Pace. I thought it was a good hire. I, I liked the moves he did early on. Um, you look at the additions he's brought in, you know, people like Danny Trevathan, Akeem Hicks. He went out and got Cleo Mack. Um, a player like Allen Robinson. I think Anthony Miller still has a very high ceiling in this offense. But it's like – you know, you can only go back to that well a certain amount of times and, and praise him for those pick, for those signings and picks. And he's done all – there's been a lot of bad as well, and you highlighted a lot of them there. It's it's getting harder and harder to defend this guy. Um, he finally, I think, just kind of figured out how the compensatory picks uh, work out because the Bears currently have three of them after the signings. But it's like – All six picks, though. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's another thing yeah. to kind of keep in mind here is – those six round, those six round compensatory picks, 
as other players get signed, depending on what teams do, those those six round picks could get pushed off the table. I mean, obviously it's it's all checks and balances game, but I mean those aren't guaranteed right now. It's just I mean that's the the highest the highest comp pick that they were looking at getting was for Kwiatkowski, and obviously they got wiped out by uh, the, the the Quinn signing. So I mean none of this is even guaranteed, and even if they get comp picks, I mean a bunch of six round picks aren't really going to do anything for you, especially when you look at what the Bears have done with their six round picks as of late. Exactly. And, you know, they still have some holes to fill on their offense and defense with um, safety, right guard and uh, cornerback. So, yeah, those picks could very well be going away pretty soon. Um, Aaron, let's hit our first break of the show. We'll get back. and We'll kind of break down these moves a little bit more um, as the new league year is officially open. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back into the Bear Report Podcast. We've been breaking down the moves the Chicago Bears have made as the new league year is officially here. Uh, Aaron, let's, let's just kind of get right into it. The first move that was made actually came last week. Um, the Bears announced that they've ex- extended Danny Trevathan. Moving on from Nick Kukowski, Uh Trevathan is back on a three-year deal, essentially a two-year deal with the money. I, I like I thought the Bears were going to go with Trevathan. Um I was under the impression that they wanted Kwiatkowski back, but he was going to get a lot more in the open market. That didn't end up really being the case as Kwiatkowski went to Oakland on a cheaper deal than I thought he'd get. But to me, this this move, when I first saw and I saw the contract, I look at it and, and it was revealed. And it kind of tells me that Ryan Pace maybe paid a little more for the leadership aspect of this. Now, Trevathan's only played one full 16-game season in Chicago. He's been healthy, or he's been injured every other year, including last season um, when he missed a couple of games. I think he played nine games in 2019. I think leadership's important, and in, in lot, being a locker room guy is important. Um, so I think Pace does see some value in that. But I don't know. What was kind of your thoughts here on uh, the extending Danny Trevathan and, and kind of moving on from Nick Kukowski? Well, I understand it to a certain extent. And I think as of right now, Danny Trevathan is a better player. I do think that Kukowski played pretty damn well down the stretch. And I thought one of his biggest improvements uh, over the last few games of the season was how much better he was in coverage. Now, again, this kind of goes back to the one of the things where you look at the two players, right? And Kukowski's never really had that you know, the, he, it's been more of a sample size for him. Trevathan's a damn good player. I mean, he was probably, I would argue before he got hurt, he was probably the best player that the Bears had on defense. I mean, he was playing that damn good. But the problem is with Trevathan that continues to persist, he's had one full season the entire time he's been with the Bears. I mean, he's just, he has a tendency to get banged up, obviously, this last time it was more of a freak injury, whatever. Uh, now, when you look at the deal, and, and again, I mean, when you, when you look at it on the surface, I mean, Kwiatkowski got three years, $21 million, uh, And then with Trevathan, he got three years, $21.75 uh, And then both deals could basically go to $24 million with incentives. Now, when you actually look at the deal itself for Trevathan, it's, it's actually quite interesting because what it ends up, it's, so it's technically a six-year deal. It's, it's $21.75 million for six years. But the last three years of this contract are basically voids. So pretty much what's going to end up happening here, because of how this is designed, is his three years are guaranteed. Because you have you basically have cap hits of 4.9, 5.75, and 5.75, right? And then when you're looking at dead money, um, even if the Bears were to, were to cut Trevathan going into the third year of that deal – not only would it cost them the five, you know, basically five and three quarter million dollars, but on top of it, it would cost them an extra, um, basically million and seven hundred fifty. So he's on this roster until after twenty twenty two, and then basically what would happen is so he'd be on the roster for those three years, and then the voidable amounts would come in. You combine those two together, and you basically have an extra $5.25 million, um, which would be dead in 2023 because of how this is designed. So I don't know that Kwiatkowski would have taken a deal like that, and I don't know that the Bears would have given him a deal like that just because when you look at it, Kwiatkowski is obviously the younger player. 
Um, he's probably, if he plays well, he's going to be due for another contract, you know, versus Trevathan, where by the time this deal's over with, I mean, he's going to be going into age 33. And again, he hasn't exactly been the healthiest of players. I understand why they did it. I think I would have gone with the youth and probably a little bit more upside. But I think regardless, I mean, it's it's one of those things, What I, at least the way I look at it inside linebacker right now is, you know, going into last season, and this is something that, you know, I think a lot of Bears fans were in the same boat with, a lot of people didn't even want Kwiatkowski on the roster. Like they were, because they, the Bears ended up carrying, what they carry, five or six inside linebackers when they're going into the yep. year because Kevin Pierre-Lewis came in, another, you know, another guy that ended up signing with another team. It's like they ended up having outstanding depth, but it didn't particularly look like that at first. And they still have uh, Iggy. They still have, um, you know, they still have Josh Woods. I mean, they can add another veteran free agent if they wanted to, kind of like they did with uh, with. Pierre Lewis at the very end of camp last year, middle of camp, whatever it was. So I'm not overly worried. I mean, their, their depth did take a hit in terms of just when you look at, you know, who they lost or whatever. But I mean, it's a logical signing. It's, it's, it's one of those, cause this is something we talked about last week too, right? Where you can't continue to create holes. And that was one of my biggest concerns with the defense side of the ball. The defense is still clearly a much better unit than the offensive side. And obviously when you see how things play out, but I mean, as of right now, the bears may have improved a little bit on offense, but nothing substantial, at least on paper, but defensively. Now you look at it, you've got Trevathan locked up. You got Robert Quinn um, instead of, you know, instead of Leonard Floyd, and it looks like Robert Quinn's cap hit is going to be, um, a, right around half of what uh, Floyd would have been making on the fifth-year option. Obviously, you know, you know, Quinn's cap hit will kick up or whatever, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. So now, pretty much on the defense side of the ball, you have strong safety and you have corner. And you know, corner, you've at least got some names there. Strong safety, you're going to kind of have to figure things out. You could bring back Deion Bush or DeAndre Houston Carson for depth. Um, but the good news is, at least with safety, there is a lot of veteran names out there right now that they can go out. And Carl Joseph was a name that begs a tie to him, um, you know, a few days ago. Uh, you got Tony Jefferson out there. I mean, there's a ha, ha Clinton Dix is still out there, depending on if he wants to come back on, you know, decent, you know, a, a decent deal. I mean, there's there's multiple options at safety. I'm not really worried about safety. I'm not really worried about defense. I think I think the Bears have done enough on the defense side of the ball. Uh, so I think, again, Trevathan makes some sense. Yeah, um, I, I was fine with them bringing back Trevathan. I, I think, you know, we all knew going into this that they're going to have to pick between Trevathan and Kukowski and then hope to bring back Kevin Pierre-Lewis as, um, you know, some depth. That didn't happen. Kevin Pierre-Lewis uh, did not go to the Bears. He signed elsewhere, I believe. Was it – did he sign Washington, was it? Um, yeah, it was Washington who signed Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Yeah, so it was Washington that got Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So the Bears won't be bringing back a key depth piece. Um, so the role they're starting Danny Trevathan of Roquan Smith, which is a solid core. That's two solid inside linebackers. They've played together before. They kind of know their strengths and weaknesses together. As long as Roquan Smith keeps regressing and taking the next steps, I'm, I'm fine with them to running uh, the show inside linebacker. And then you go, let's go with the other signing. Um, you know, we should mention the Bears put the uh, the second-round tender on Roy Robertson-Harris. He'll be back, assumingly, next season. I believe his cap hit will be somewhere like $3.3, $3.4 million. Um, another depth piece for the Bears on the defensive line. Let's go into the first big free agent signing for the Bears. We talked a lot about Jimmy Graham already. We'll recap it again. Jimmy Graham, two-year deal with the Bears. He gets um, $16 million, $9 million guaranteed, an annual average salary of $8 million per year. We said it earlier, Aaron. What the hell was Ryan Pace doing? And not only, you know, is he giving him a two-year deal and it's $16 million with the $9 million guaranteed, it's like Ryan Pace almost hypothetically ran up to the podium and gave Jimmy Graham the contract right away on the first day of essentially legal tampering period. Like, you can't tell me that the Bears watched this guy, what was it, four times over the past two seasons um, playing against Green Bay and they saw something they really liked in Jimmy Graham that Ryan Pace had to make the move right away because he was afraid that maybe someone else could poach Jimmy Graham. And and no disrespect to Jimmy Graham because he's had a fantastic career with New Orleans and Seattle. He's 33 years old. He's going, you know, he's a veteran in the league. And watching him play last season in the games that Chicago was taking on Green Bay, the guy he looked very slow. You could tell his body starting to wear on him. He couldn't get in and out of his breaks efficiently. And like you mentioned, 
when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers and you don't have a you know good production at the tight end position, especially on a team that didn't have many weapons to throw to outside of Devontae Adams and the two running backs they have, Aaron Rodgers really had no one else to throw to. So it's like the targets should have been there. It's it's a mind boggling move. And I know a lot of people are maybe upset that you know the contract of Ethan got maybe the Bears could have spread the money more around and maybe gotten Kwiatkowski a little cheaper. This move is just inferior. It's it's almost you know you can't defend the move for Ryan Pace. That's just kind of how I stand with it. Well, you can't. And <laughs> who the hell was he bidding against? That's what I want to know. Like who exactly? Hell, who, who was who rushing the- up there to go get Jimmy Graham? Yeah, well, that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Is it's like it just like who are you bidding against? I understand the need was there, but why? I would have I would have understood more, and I and I get the guarantees and all that stuff aren't the same. I would have understood more if they would have given it if they would have gone out and given Austin Hooper, you know, eleven and a half, twelve million dollars a year and guaranteed him, you know, three out of a five year deal. That would have made more sense to me than what they did with Jimmy Graham. And I understand obviously less of a commitment. But we're talking about the corpse of Jimmy Graham. We're not even talking about Jimmy Graham on the downslope of his career. Like, he's hit the downslope of his career. He's not a good player. I mean, he just – he does not look like the same player. And it's, again, at $3.5, 4000000 million on a one-year deal, okay. And this is essentially what this will end up being. This will be a one-year, $9 million deal or whatever it is. I mean, the cap hit may end up being, you know, $6 million, and then there will be some, you know, some dead space next year or three or whatever. But still, what the hell? Like, why? Why was Jimmy Graham the guy that you absolutely had to target? Obviously, the you know the the obvious ties with New Orleans and all that stuff with Ryan Pace. But it just it it feels like Ryan Pace has been asleep for like three years, and he just came out swinging in free agency with no knowledge of like what the hell's gone on the last few years. And he's just going out, and it's like it's like. You know, I understand that the Bears are able. I mean, the, I, I'm not going to say the cap is a myth because I don't quite believe that. But the cap is the cap is easily uh, messed with and it's easily manipulated. Okay, but just because it's easily manipulated doesn't mean you need to manipulate it. And especially for a guy like Jimmy Graham, it's like that's money either way. You could have saved. I mean, you could have you could have gone out. And it's like if you wanted to sign an older tied in with the, you know that knew what he was doing then why not why not make a bigger push for greg olson i mean at least i think greg olson's probably got more left in the tank at, at this point than jimmy graham does it's like why not delaney walker i mean at least delaney walker was cut well i guess i guess jimmy graham was too but you get the point is it just why jimmy graham i'm not saying that there's a ton of good free agent options out there but why jimmy graham like why and why give him that kind of money and why give him that kind of money so early on it just that was the one move, like, okay, you know, with Foles, whatever. You know, I can understand it to a certain extent. There's familiarity, blah, 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 blah. He's, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP. But Jimmy Graham, like, what, why, why, why? I just, I, it, at least there's people with the whole Nick Foles move, like, around the NFL. Like, okay, this this makes sense. You know, there's, like, guys like Lewis Riddick, uh, Dan Orlovsky, people like that. Like, oh, this is actually a good move, you know. And, and Okay, maybe it is. Maybe we'll find out that it is. With Jimmy Graham, I don't see a lot of upside there. Yeah, me either. And like you said, there's other tight ends available. I mean, they really didn't even show any interest in Greg Olson when he was available about a month ago. It's it's just it's confusing to me. And, you know, you did bring something up. Who is Pace bidding against? It seems kind of like that has been a trend since Ryan Pace has taken over. You can even go back to the Trubisky draft. There was a report that, you know, maybe teams were calling up to draft Trubisky number two and the 49ers wanted to move out. Maybe John Lynch did play. Ryan Pace, and maybe Ryan Pace wasn't bidding against anyone to trade up and draft Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we're going to pretty much say that again later on with it, later on as we break down Nick Foles. It's just like, is this guy literally bidding against himself the entire time and wasting valuable resources here? I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Graham will prove us wrong. I just That's just a complete long shot to me. I, I don't get the move at all. Uh, let's, t- let's actually talk about a good move, though. I thought this is my favorite move, obviously, so far. Um, on Tuesday, the Bears agreed to a deal with uh, Robert Quinn, the former Dallas Cowboys lineman and uh, the former, I believe he played with St. Louis and Miami in the past. And Quinn's coming off a big year, 11 and a half sacks with the Cowboys. I believe he had like something like 22 QB hits, uh, 13 tackles for loss. Monster year. He was going to, you know, on one of those one year prove it deals where he wanted to get a big contract. 
But with this move, they also released Leonard Floyd, who only had three sacks last season. The Bears weren't going to pay Floyd that big cap hit um, on the fifth-year option. To me, this is an upgrade in the pass rush department. I think, you know, people look at it, oh, Robert Quinn wasn't good against the run. That's fine. The Bears aren't going to ask him to come in here and be a run stopper. That's, for, you know, for the guys up front like Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson Harris, players like that. They want Robert Quinn to go after the quarterback, something they did not have opposite of Cleo Mack last season. Because when you look at Floyd's production, he just couldn't get to the quarterback. Aside from the one Green Bay game where he had two sacks, he really could not get to the quarterback. He struggled. He was really good in pass coverage. He just struggled to get in the backfield and make an impact, and that's really what the Bears need. So they add a guy like Robert Quinn. Um, they boost their defense, and it, it gets essentially better now going into next season. Granted that everyone stays healthy, Quinn, Mack um, can put up their normal production. It's a good move in my eyes. I like it. Um, I don't you, – you know the contract details. You said um, – because there was a conflicting reports on uh, Twitter, a guy Brad um, from Over the Cap, and then Brad Biggs also released a um, a cap hit number as well. But overall, I, I think it's a good move. I, I don't think the Bears overpaid for him. I think pass rushers are a premium. You're going to have to pay money for him, and and if it pans out, I mean, you look like a genius. Yeah, I think uh, Robert Quinn was a good move. I mean that. Uh... It was a little longer than I expe- had expected in terms of you know overall contract, but I mean, I mean we, I, we we can sit here and go over the numbers real quick. So basically, at least according to over the cap, I mean they get the numbers, they know how to read things, uh, you know, to really kind of put this out there. There, this is this is their you know projection of the contract or you know what they think the contract is, which I would tend to lean with them because I mean they see a lot of this stuff, they know what the hell they're doing. Uh, so basically, in 2020, uh, be a 6.1 million dollar cap hit um, that moves up to 14.7 in 2021, and then 2022 it'd be 16 million flat. Uh, so what's interesting here, though, um, is you have basically you have a situation where in 2022, if they wanted to move off of uh, Quinn's money, what they could do is they could basically cut him, uh, you know, pre-June 1st, and they could still get about $6.7 million. Realistically, this is more of a three-year deal. And then, because basically what happens is in 2023, which would be in the year four of the deal, the cap hit moves up to $17.1 million, uh, but they'd save $10.9 million by cutting him. And then obviously the numbers keep going up from there in terms of what they can save. So it's... All in all, basically, what's going on here is Robert Quinn is getting, um, you know, he's basically getting a $12.5 million roster bonus, and then he gets a $3 million base salary this year, and then he starts making more money. So, I mean, overall, I mean, he got he got guaranteed a pretty pretty good amount of money here, um, and it and it makes complete sense. Um, so, I mean, again, it's it's one of those deals where, and that's kind of where maybe. We, we had to take a step back as fans and kind of say, okay, you know, when we're looking at these deals, especially on the longer term deals, just in general, not even just with the bears, you know, we got to kind of wait to see what the structure looks like. Cause originally Danny Trevathan, I'm looking at it, I was like, man, you know, $7.25 million a year for, for Trevathan seemed a little pricey, especially given his injury history. But then when you start looking at design and it's like, no, it's actually, it's basically, he's going to be making $5 million a year for the next three years. And then they got to incur a little bit of a deadhead and then, then they're out of it or what, you know, whatever it ended up being, but it's, it's really not that big of a deal. And so the, the structure is going to be key. The one thing I will give Ryan Pace credit for um, is at least he knows how to structure things in a creative way. And he loves to use those, basically those dead years. Obviously he didn't do it here with Quinn, um, but he's definitely been getting somewhat, uh, somewhat creative at least. Yeah. Quinn's, Definitely the best move of the three so far, not counting Trevathan's extension. And, you know, as I mentioned, it does provide a much-needed bump bump in the pass rush department. And, yeah, the contract really isn't that terrible, even though you are paying a premium for your pass rusher. And also, we have to to also remember, there's all the moves that are going to be made to create cap space, whether restructure, Akeem Hicks' contract, um, the extension for Allen Robinson. The Bears are going to really free up cap space. As we're recording this now, I don't think there's a set cap number where the Bears are at, unless you've seen one, Aaron. Um, but I think they're going to be able to free up some more money for some more moves. So all in all, I mean, yeah, Robert Quinn looks like he did get paid, but the way the money's moved around and things like that, it's not terrible in my eyes. Um, 
let's get into our, our second break here, and then I want to break down the uh, the big, big move that happened a couple hours before we got onto the air here in the podcast. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. Uh, Aaron, let's get right back into things. The big move that happened on Wednesday, it's a couple hours before we started to uh, record this podcast. The Bears will have a quarterback competition at Hallis Hall whenever they return to Hallis Hall. After days of reports, uh, the Bears were linked to Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton was mentioned out there. Uh, Even Nick Foles, I believe at one point on Tuesday. Ryan Pace makes the move. The news breaks. Um, Adam Schefter reports it that Ryan Pace traded that fourth-round comp pick for Nick Foles. They'll take on his $20 million guaranteed. They are going to restructure it, so there will be some money moved around, things like that. Uh, I believe Schefter even reported that the restructuring is done already. I I don't know how you feel, Aaron. I, we both said the Bears are going to make a move at quarterback. Everything hinted that they were not 100% committed to Mitchell Trubisky all offseason. But to me, this does not feel like plan A. These, this almost feels like either plan B fallback or even, I hate to say it, maybe like a plan C. Yeah, I mean, it's – well, I mean, let's just kind of start from the beginning here on Monday when, when things really started getting kicked off. The first name that the Bears were tied to at the quarterback position was Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, there's been a few things talked about in terms of what happened. But it sounded like – I mean, it sounded like the Bears and Bridgewater got at least far enough along where they were seriously talking numbers. And it went from – you know, there's a few reports out there and it sounded like things might get done. I think it was like pro football talk and – basically kind of reported that they're talking around 20, $21 million. And then Biggs came out and kind of made a tweet like, you know, they were serious. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it was like Tom Pelissario from the NFL network came out and said, yeah, this isn't going to happen. The bears are going to have to go in a different direction. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, you know, you're kind of waiting. And then Marcus Mariota signs with Oakland and you kind of see Oakland's quarterback plan play out. And you realize Derek Carr is not an option. And then you see, you know, Teddy Bridgewater all of a sudden signs with Carolina and, you know, they're talking about trading Cam Newton, possibly releasing him, but basically reports kept coming out that medicals weren't, you know, weren't going to enthrall the Bears. And you start looking at all these different options, you know, just kind of dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. And it's like, okay, so, you know, and then it kind of came down to if Cam Newton is not going to be an option, then it's going to be Nick Foles or it's going to be Andy Dalton. And, you know, Andy Dalton was the tie that I think a lot of people had seen that made the most sense. I thought he was and I'll be completely honest here, I thought he was the clear-cut better option out of the two. Um, and here we are. I mean, it's it's basically one of those where there was a lot of options on the quarterback market. You know, obviously things kind of had to play out. Uh, Philip Rivers was always going to Indy. Uh, Brady was never coming to Chicago. But unfortunately, with the way things played out, and, you know, James Winston's still sitting out on the market, but, you know, uh, James Winston doesn't sound like he's getting a starting job, and I think some of that's play-related and some of that's, you know, his past-related and just who he is as a person. Uh, but, I mean, the reality of it here is the Bears have Nick Foles and they have Trubisky. And my personal take is that Nick Foles should not just be handed the starting job. Now, I've pounded the drum very hard, and I think the Bears tried everything in their power to basically get somebody to come in and replace Trubisky, not to push Trubisky, but to replace him. That didn't work out. Now you have a situation where I think Andy Dalton would have been coming, you know, he would have been kind of one of those quote unquote push guys, but I think he would have easily won the starting job. And I think the Bears would have felt pretty comfortable with him. With Nick Foles, I think you got a guy that is definitely a little bit more flash in the pan. Yes, he's a Super Bowl MVP and you know he's he has he basically has four wins in the playoffs, and that's as much as the Bears have had since nineteen ninety-one. Okay, I get all that, but the the reality is is He's bounced around a lot, and he's been basically benched everywhere that he's ever gone, except for a second time in Philadelphia. And, you know, he went to Jacksonville last year, signed a pretty big deal, and, you know, he got he broke his collarbone that first game. He came back and, you know, later on in the year and basically got benched for Gardner Minshew again, and he was 0 for 4 as a starter, you know. And it's just, man, it's – I understand the ties, and, and, and Patrick Finley um, – of the Chicago Sun-Times actually put out an article earlier that does make some sense in terms of with all of the coronavirus stuff going on right now, there's a pretty good chance that the first time that the Bears are going to meet up as a team and start doing things is probably going to be training camp. And, I mean, training camp at this point, 
is kind of in question too. So you just don't really know. So, you know, familiarity goes a long way. And obviously they're familiar with Dalton because of Bill Lazor. They were familiar with, and I think John Filippo was also somehow familiar with Andy Dalton. I could be wrong on that one, but then every single one of these guys is familiar with Nick Foles. So I get it. But when you look at it, it's like, I mean, really, I mean, to be completely honest here, the, the best case scenario for the Bears is to bring in Nick Foles and Trubisky, basically, the, the light somehow clicks on. He becomes a you know, franchise starting quarterback. They can extend him next year because I don't think they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. They can extend him next year, and all of a sudden he's a guy. Or they, they tag him for a year to see what goes on, and he ends up becoming the guy that they thought they were getting. But, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, the reality is, is the Bears may have a slightly better quarterback room than they did before because Nick Foles is clearly better than Chase Daniel. But at this point, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, there's there's a pedigree there, and there's definitely something to go off of. But I think in terms of all the options that the Bears had, I think this is probably one of the worst-case scenarios. I mean, I would have rather have seen them sign Case Keenum uh, to the same deal that the Browns signed and at least have those guys go out or sign Case Keenum and then go chase somebody else at the, at the same time and then figure out what you're going to do with Trubisky. I, I honestly think this is about the worst-case scenario that the Bears could have had. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I thought it was really going to be Dalton. Um, I just the thing with Foles, okay, you trade the fourth round pick. The report comes out that was it the Colts and the Chargers were interested in Foles and were offering a fifth round pick. Um, you know, I thought essentially if the Bears did make a move for Foles, I knew I kind of figured he'd be in their plan. He'd be an option, but I didn't. I think he'd be an option behind Bridgewater, behind Newton, and even behind Dalton, and that very well could have been the case. And, you know, when you look at Foles in the contract, the $21 million guarantee, you look at it and you're like, okay, maybe the Bears got a pick back for him. That's not the case. The Bears gave up their fourth-round pick for, um, for Nick Foles. And now you look at April. We mentioned before they have two second-round picks. They don't pick again until round five. So they're giving up some draft capital. And you can say, well, yeah, it's a fourth-round comp pick. I mean, Ryan Pace has, you know, when he struck gold in the draft, he's done it in those mid-rounds, like those fourth-round fourth round, fifth round picks. You know, playing players like Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen. Uh, I believe Cody White was Cody White here. I believe he was up there in the fourth he or fifth round. Pick. He was a second round pick that they traded. Oh, down. that's right. They traded down twice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Still, I mean, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen. It's just, it's it's crazy to me, man. It, it was kind of shocking because you know you look at Nick Foles. It's like, yeah, he had that one miracle Super Bowl run with the Eagles a couple of years back. He was the MVP. Okay, he can play a little bit here. But you look, other than that, I mean, he really has not stood out um, as a quarterback in the other chance he's gotten. Yeah, he's had the collar, broken collarbone issue last season, week one. Gardner Minshew came back, or took over. Foles came back, but he didn't look so great. And then eventually, now the Jaguars made the decision we're going to go with uh, Gardner Minshew, at least for now. Maybe they'll draft a quarterback. I don't know. You could say the quarterback room gets a little better because, say, Trubisky does win the job, right? You look at that, and Trubisky stinks the first couple of weeks. You can turn to Nick Foles. Say Nick Foles um, wins a job and, and he kind of struggles midseason, they might switch back to, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. It, it, I just I don't know how much better the quarterback position got today with the addition of Nick Foles. I agree. Like we we knew there was going to be competition. We all saw it. I just it, it's just hard, man, to like kind of process that they trade the fourth round comp pick for Nick Foles. They're going to pay him this money. And hope that he's kind of the guy to get them, you know, get the Bears over the hump. I hope they draft another quarterback. I hope they have a, a rookie in the pipeline. Uh, but now, without that fourth round comp pick, I mean, where are you going to get your other quarterback? You're going to go in the second round with one of your two picks when you also have needs, you know, for more depth um, across the board. You still have to get a safety, you still have to get a defensive back, um, you still have to get a right guard. It's. It's crazy, man. It was the biggest news today. I'm still kind of just going through it and processing it. I, I just I, I have a hard time. I'll say it like this: I have a hard time finding a lot of positives about this trade. Well, it's just I think the thing that I'm struggling with the most right now is why the hell did the Bears give up a fourth round pick? I don't, and that's the thing: people are like getting really caught up on the the compensatory part of the pick. It doesn't matter. It's still their only fourth-round pick. They didn't have a fourth-round pick. That's Exactly. Yep. They only have two picks, and none of them are in the first or the third round. They have two second-round picks. Those are their only picks in the first four rounds of the draft. 
that it's just yes. I don't I don't understand I just don't understand it. I don't understand how it's the Jaguars were clearly done with Nick Foles. They were clearly done with Nick Foles. This was not, I think, honestly, again, I think they were bidding against themselves. I know there was a report that came out that was saying that, uh, that you know, Indy was also bidding. I think that might have been, I, I'm assuming that had to have been before uh, Philip Rivers because it's not like you're going to pay, you're not going to sign Philip Rivers to a $25 million deal on a one-year deal and then and, and trade a fifth-round pick is what the, the rumored, you know, price that they were willing to give up was for Foles and then to have him sit as a, as a backup to, to Rivers or you're not going to have a battle there I mean that didn't make any sense so it's like but again why why are you giving up a valuable pick for the Bears this year for a guy that was clearly not in the plans and basically you wait that out another few days and you're probably going to get him for you know probably get him for a better pick I mean realistically in my personal opinion I think the Bears should have given up a late round pick and I think the Jaguars should have given up probably a third or fourth round pick to give Nick Foles, even though they have to eat some of the money. It's like the Bears still have to pay a guy that's basically coming in to compete. I mean, this isn't this isn't. It's just I I don't know. It it just it doesn't the the logistics. Everything about this deal is confusing to me. And maybe it's because at one point they were you know in the mix for Teddy Bridgewater. You know I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I it just there's something about this that feels worse than maybe it would have when we we're talking about this before everything started. But it just it's it's hard to swallow as a Bears fan when you're sitting here and you're looking at it. And this team has been in quarterback hell for God knows how long now. There were moments where you know Cutler was the guy, and you know, but then it didn't really take long to realize that Cutler was never going to be that guy that he was that one year in Denver. And it's like you finally move on. You take, you know, quarterback as high as you've ever taken a quarterback in the draft before in Trubisky, and here we are still in the same exact conundrum. It just – it's hard to swallow when you look at the rest of the roster. And obviously there are holes, and we're about to get to that. There are holes that they need to fill. But, I mean, in terms of the overall roster, outside if you take away quarterback, which obviously you can't do because quarterback's the most important position on the field. If you take away quarterback – the Bears are in really good shape. The Bears are a quarterback away, in my personal opinion, from being able to compete for a Super Bowl. But again, it's one of those things where, yes, I understand that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Is it possible that Nick Foles could could lead the Bears to a Super Bowl? I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it is possible, but it's not probable. And it's just, it feels like, it feels like the Bears had a pretty good opportunity with the trade targets that were out there, the free agents that were out there in the draft class that's going on right now. It felt like the Bears, it was a perfect storm for the Bears to be able to go out and get a veteran quarterback, not only to push Trubisky, but to take the job and still have somebody. And it just, things, and granted, they're not all Ryan, on Ryan Pace, but things simply didn't pan out. They basically panned out again in almost the worst way possible to where now we're sitting here looking and it's like Nick Foles could be cut next year and there's basically virtually zero debt money there. Okay, that's fine, but then what? So then all of a sudden you're not going to have Trubisky if he doesn't pan out, and you're not going to have Foles if, if he doesn't pan out, and then what? You're restarting? And like you pointed out, you could draft a quarterback, but now you don't have that fourth-round pick. So are you going to trade down with one of your second-round picks and, and pick up you know a, a late third or an early fourth and take a quarterback? Maybe. Are you going to take a quarterback with a second-round pick? I mean, it's it, – it, there's – Obviously, we still need to let the offseason play out, but at least on the surface as of right now, this move just it doesn't look good. I mean, it's really as simple as I can put it. This move simply does not look very good. And now they have other needs that they need to address and not a ton of money to, to do that with. Yeah, it, I mean, that's the thing. It was Ryan Pace bidding against himself again. And, you know, you could have let – you could have waited. Nick Foles probably would have been afraid of the, the – Jacksonville Jaguars had no leverage in this at all. If they weren't going to release him, they're going to keep Nick Foles, and he was going to be a, a really expensive backup. Now he's kind of your potentially be your really expensive backup because I don't think it's any guarantee he beats out Mitchell Trubisky. Like I am not one hundred percent. I think you you sign Teddy Bridgewater, he's your starter. You sign Cam Newton, he's your starter. You trade for Derek Carr, he's your starter. You look at Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton probably beats out Mitchell Trubisky. It's still a competition. I'm not. I'm just not sold that Nick Foles beats out Mitchell Trubisky. The one thing I do, he does have for him going into this competition, and we mentioned it. He has the connections on this Bears coaching staff: Juan Castillo, John D. Filippo, uh, Matt Nagy. He's got 
the coaching connections here. I just, I mean, it, it's, it, it could be a disaster where, you know, both players are not good quarterbacks and the Bears are looking at another year at of just mediocre quarterback play because they cannot figure out the, the, the quarterback position. And they've never almost been able to figure out the damn quarterback position. Uh, also, Aaron, we were talking earlier, you know, to go back to a point of the Bears not getting younger, this from Pat Finley on Twitter. Bears have agreed to deals with Jimmy Graham, age 33, Nick Foles, age 31, Andrew Vathan, age 30, Robert Quinn, age 30, all the week one ages going into next season. And then you give up the draft pick, the fourth rounder, to go get a quarterback that I'm really just not sold that can beat out Mitchell Trubisky. It's it's frustrating. It is super frustrating. I, to be honest, it going into this free agency period, I understood the Bears' direction. I knew, I kind of had a feeling of which way they were going to go, or let me rephrase that, which way they should go. Now, after this, I just have no clue what their direction is and what the heck they're trying to do. I don't either. I just... It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it it feels like in a lot of ways that they're they're just kind of back in limbo. And it's not to say... And it's not like they're back in limbo at being a 5-1 team. They're back in limbo in terms of middling towards you know eight and eight nine and seven maybe ten and six and getting in the playoffs the thing is is it's like we saw the bears in the playoffs you know getting the playoffs is cool when you're at the beginning of a rebuild getting to the playoffs after that when your window is shrinking because you can't pick the right quarterback uh you know getting the playoffs and a first round exit isn't enough i mean that's when you start really getting into the, one of those dangerous areas kind of like with lovey smith where it was like they would get in the playoffs every once in a while they get close and then they would fall short it's like the goal is still to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the goal is still to at least win a few playoff games. And right now, I don't know that they're in a spot to where they can comfortably do that. And I just, man, I, obviously, again, we got to let the rest of the offseason play out. They still got holes. They still got some resources to be able to do things with. But as of right now, I mean, I was expecting to feel a lot better about the Bears than I currently do. I can tell you that. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's crazy, man. I just, I don't know. I guess I have no idea what direction they're going in. Hopefully they prove us wrong. Maybe maybe Ryan Pace gets it all right and the Bears get it back on track. I don't think it's looking good, to be honest. But let's hit our final break of the show. We're going to wrap things up and kind of go over the Bears' needs quickly that, um, that they still have left on their roster. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back in the Bear Report podcast. We're going to start wrapping things up here on this free agent episode uh, Aaron, so yeah, we, we broke down pretty much all the Bears' moves so far as we're recording this here on Wednesday night. They still have some needs, though, on the roster. We don't have a good number on the cap as of yet. I'm sure we'll get that in the coming days. I think we, you and I could probably agree on the biggest needs left. Um, I'd say right guard, safety. Um, I think I'd go out and get another defensive back. I think those are pretty much the three for me. Um, I don't know if, if yours are different, but I look at safety – you know, there's still a couple of serviceable players out there. You still have HaHa Clinton Dix if you want to bring him back. If you want to go a more strong safety route, you know, Malcolm Jenkins was taken off the board earlier. He goes back to the Saints. I thought he'd be an ideal fit. I'm still looking at Carl Joseph and Tony Jefferson as uh, one of two players I'd like. And then, you know, Eric Reed, who did struggle last season defending the pass, um, but I believe he was playing a little bit of a hybrid free safety, strong safety for the Panthers last season. I wouldn't maybe wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. They got to do something at safety though, moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Bon Bell is another name. Depending, on, I mean, his 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 uh, uh, price tag could be a little out of the way. But I mean, like you said, I mean, there's there's definitely some. The nice thing is, is there are there are enough options on the market where I think that the Bears can afford to kind of play it like they did last year and kind of let the first little wave set out. Cause it was what it was going into like, you know, from the, the quote unquote legal tampering period or whatever the hell it was. I, I want to say it was like day four or five um, when they really, so basically it started like tomorrow or the next day is when I, I think they kind of brought in Clinton Dix for, you know, a meeting and all that stuff. And obviously that's not going to happen this time because of the rules of, you know, everything that's going on. But I guess my point is, is this is we're even though the new league year technically just started as we're recording this within the last few hours. I mean, the the reality is, I mean, 
the, the, the free agency started three days ago. So, I mean, there's, we're going on day three right now. So, I mean, the, the, the secondary market is going to start kind of hitting where prices are going to go down. Obviously, you still got guys like Jadavion Clowney. Uh, there's still some decent-sized names out there um, that are still going to get paid. But for the most part, when you're looking at the safety market, I do think this is when prices are going to come down a little bit. And, you know, obviously signing a guy like HaHa Clint Dix could make some sense. Obviously, familiarities there. It wouldn't cost him a comp pick, anything like that. I do think in terms of overall fit, I don't know how good of a fit he actually is. Um, just based off of what we saw last year, I think there need there would need to be some adjustments in how those two are playing and what their roles are. And I, I feel like there's just some breakdowns back there that really shouldn't happen. But like you pointed out, I think Carl Joseph is somebody who makes some sense. Uh, Tony Jefferson could make sense, but I, I do think that he's still going to, I mean, one, he torn ACL. So the medical is going to be big on him and getting medicals at this point is going to be tough. Um, but two, I think he's still going to have probably too high of a price tag for the bears. Um, and like you pointed out, I think, you know, guard is guard is obviously there corners there, um, you know, depth spots, uh, uh, maybe, you know, receiver or whatever, maybe, maybe a veteran running back. I mean, they're, in terms of starting spots, I mean, you've literally got three spots, and I don't think they're going to be able to fill all three in a free agency, which is fine, but you got right guard, corner, and safety that are kind of those three right now, um, you know, obviously, and then some depth signing. So I definitely think that safety is going to be the most attainable. Uh, I also think when you're looking at the interior offensive line, I think even if you're kind of going on value shopping, you at least need to add some sort of veteran there. And then if you want to, you know, spend a second round pick or whatever on one, then that's cool too. But they, they got to do something more than what they currently have on the roster at right guard. Yeah. And there's, there'll be some veteran options out there. I will also wouldn't, you know, be shocked if they it went right guard in the draft um, with one of their second round picks, but it's like, you kind of want an established player there. You look, you're going to be going in with Rashad Coward, Alex Barr's currently on the roster and neither of them really showed anything last season that makes me think they can be solid starters at the position. Alex Barr's barely even played, to be honest. And I think, you know, there was some guards. The guard market was tough this year because it was going to be pretty damn expensive. The Bears were going to have to, you know, kind of spend their money wisely on that. And they really didn't strike anyone, um, you know, one of those high-priced guards early on. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's still some options out there, you, you know, defensive back as well. There's, They're not going to add to that tight end position. There's still some intriguing tight ends they're not going to add to because they have – I think they have like freaking 30 tight ends on their damn roster right now as it stands. Or it certainly feels like it. But I think, you know, you're right. We're going to be looking at more Tier 2, Tier 3 signings in the coming days if the Bears do make some more moves. Similar to what we saw last season um, with HaHa Clinton Dix and, and um, bringing in guys who – you know, not necessarily we're going to get huge paydays and not going to be in those tier one contracts. And you're right on the medicals too. That's also something we really have to keep in mind. And and that was one of the reports that the Bears were kind of worried about Cam Newton was they might not get the full medical and worried about his health um, as being the starting quarterback and why they kind of didn't pursue him there and pull the trigger on that trade. Yeah, it's going to be interesting though. I just I'm still just a little shocked at what the Bears have been doing lately in this free agency period to start off, but we'll see what happens in the coming days um, for the Bears in next week. And then also, you know, keep an eye on OTAs, the draft, um, what's going to happen with all that stuff. Will we see practices at House Hall? It uh, doesn't sound like it right now, but we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Aaron, do you have any closing thoughts or anything? Not really. I mean, it's, it's definitely the, the Ryan Pace needs to, needs to stay focused and, and get some of these other needs knocked out of the way again. I mean, I think obviously the offense has got to be the focus right now. I just don't know how, how do you improve the offense much more than what it is? I mean, you can add a receiver through the draft. You can upgrade a right guard. I, you know, you can, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's man, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, they needed to upgrade the offense and I think the defense is in a good spot. I think they'll be able to get a safety. And it's like corner. It's like you can throw a few names out there. And I think you could figure it out, especially with what they have on the edges. Uh, but, man, it's it's hard to see how this team – I'm not going to say that they're worse because I don't think they are, but it's hard to see how this team is going to get much better moving into next year without either Foles or Trubisky drastically raising the play of quarterback from what it was a year ago. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a competition. When that competition is, uh, we'll have to find out. But um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on the uh, BayReport.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report at Just Bear Report. Uh, you can read my work on the Bear Report as well. And uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, some more moves for the Bears. Hopefully, some moves that uh, Aaron and I both uh, agree on and like instead of these moves <laughs> they made with Nick Foles and, and Jimmy Graham. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, everyone, please take care, and we'll talk to you later. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com